What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Baseball Connection. Another big domino has fallen on the hot stove market. The hot stove is it's hot, guys. Sonny Gray is off the market. He's agreed to a three-year deal with the Cardinals. Yes, the St. Louis Cardinals. So we talked about them a few days ago about how they went out and they got two you know, veteran one-year deal, veteran arms on one-year deal, Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson. Not big news, but they still were looking for another starter and fans were still holding out hope that they would go out and get an established name. That's exactly what they did. They added their desired top of the rotation starter, Sonny Gray. It's a three-year, $75 million deal. Sonny Gray just celebrated his 34th birthday earlier this month, but he hit free agency on the heels of a very dominant 2023 campaign. He was an all-star for the third time, and he was the runner-up in the AL Cy Young voting behind Garrett Cole. A 2.79 ERA, along with a major league best 2.83 FIP. That's an ERA predictor. That's in 184 innings of work across 32 starts. So not only is he taking the ball every fifth day, not missing starts, staying healthy, he's also keeping runs off the board. And the strikeout rate, 24.3%. That was top 25 among all qualified starters. And his ground ball rate was ninth among all qualified starters. Just a phenomenal year across the board from Mr. Sonny Gray. And this deal is going to be the first free agent contract of his career, actually. He's been in the big leagues for 11 years, but this is the first time he's getting a free agent deal. He was the 18th overall pick. In 2011, signed an extension with the Reds when he was traded to Cincinnati in early 2019, which covered the 2020 through 2022 seasons. Then he had a team option for 2023. So this is his first free agent deal. He makes some good cash here. $75 million over three years. So as strong as his performance was in 2023, there were some potential red flags in his performance. Most notably, only 5.2% of his fly balls left the yard for home runs. That's an outlier when you look at his career numbers. That disparity, you know, it, it makes you think there's some res- regression that could come there. Because when you look at his his ex-FIP, so was, we have FIP and then his expected FIP based on, you know, you know, what's projected barrel rate, fly ball rate, things of that nature, had him at a 3.64. So there is some regression being predicted by those numbers. But those are still top 20 figures among qualified starters this season, it is reasonable to con- be concerned that his elite home run prevention numbers might not hold up over time. So that's something you'll see. I mean, a move from the Twins' home ballpark of Target Field, which, you know, it's slightly homer-friendly to Bush Field in St. Louis, could alleviate those concerns to some extent. I mean, Bush Field is basically a neutral ballpark in terms of home runs, but it's always, it's always been pr- pretty decent for suppressing the long ball in recent years, in recent years. So we'll see. There, there is some risk with Sonny Gray, but hey, you're getting a stud. This dude is runner-up in Cy Young. The Cardinals got the frontline starter they wanted. Of course, they're not going to go out in there and get Aaron Nola. Maybe they tried. I don't know. But Nola's off the board. Sonny Gray's off the board. So those are the two big dominoes. That's that's what we're seeing there in St. Louis. So we'll keep an eye on the hot stove and see how things progress as the winter rolls on. Let's talk some trade rumors. So we're hearing that Dylan Cease might be on the block. The White Sox starter Dylan Cease is being dangled in 
many trade rumors. We're hearing the Dodgers are interested. You know, the Dodgers have been linked to some of the top free agent names like Shohei Otani and Yoshinobu Yamamoto. But on the trade block, we're hearing that they might be, well, that they are engaged in trade talks for Dylan Seeds. But we don't really know what that really means. Um, are they going to get him? But obviously the White Sox are in a position where they want to cash in on uh, on a player who they think could bring them a pretty good return. I think the Dodgers, first and foremost, are going to go after Otani. They're going to go for the big fish because that's what they do. They have the money to do so, and they're going to go after him. But Dylan Seas is a good arm. And someone who, yeah, who could definitely bring a lot of, I won't say, yeah, sure, we can say firepower to any rotation. Any rotation whatsoever. I didn't miss one signing, though. I forgot to mention the Tigers have signed Kenta Maeda. So Kenta Maeda have signed, has signed with the Tigers on a two-year, $24 million deal. You know, the Tigers have added to their young rotation. They have a lot of young arms in that rotation. But Kenta Maeda is a veteran. And, yeah, two years, $24 million. We know what he's been able to do when he's been healthy. Eduardo Rodriguez is possibly leaving Detroit in free agency. So Maeda can step in as that veteran presence. And it's a rotation that's still pretty unseasoned. I mean, injuries really set them back in 2022. You know, 2023 was a little bit better. But, you know, you have young guys, Matt Manning, Casey Mize, Tarek Skubal, Reese Olsen. These are young arms. And so you bring a guy like Kenta Maeda, who has been really sharp at points in his career, you know, He's getting a two-year, $24 million deal. Nothing crazy, but the upside is there. The upside is definitely there. And he's leaving Minnesota after, you know, a couple years there. And now he's 35 years old and just trying to stick around at this point. But he spent, you know, yeah, four years, but only played three of those in Minnesota because one year he was out due to injury. One of those years was outstanding, which is the 2020 season, the shortened season, had a 2.7 ERA, but then the next full season after that, which was 2021, had a 4.6 ERA, and then 2023 had a 4.23 ERA. So for Kenta Maeda, you know, expect somewhere around a 4.5 ERA. That's what you're going to get with him. Decent innings numbers. I mean, at this point, he hasn't been too durable last year. You know, 2023, only do 104 innings. And then 2021, 106 innings. So not really that durable, but you know, you'll see some, some reasonable mid-rotation numbers. That 2020 season, which I mentioned, where he pitched really well, he was second in the Cy Young. So keep that in mind. But of course, that's not what we're expecting from him now. But, you know, it's a fun little trivia, I guess. In other news, we're hearing some trade chatter around the league. Apparently, the White Sox are looking to sell. Dylan Seas' name has come up in trade rumors. Dylan Seas, the sharp right-hander there on the south side of Chicago, could be on the move. Could net them a nice prospect or two. We'll see. The Dodgers interested, but I feel like we hear the Dodgers' names in every trade or free agent rumor. That's just because they have the means. That's what happens when you have money. That's what happens when you have prospects. You can be in those conversations and they've genuinely, I mean, it's not just talk. I mean, they've, they've been able to pull these trades and signings in recent years, shown that they're willing to spend. 
But Dylan Cease is not going to be the same as getting a Shohei Otani or even a Yoshinobu Yamamoto if the scouts are to be trusted based on the scouting reports coming out of Japan for him. So we'll see exactly where the Dodgers put their money. Speaking of the Dodgers, they did bring back Jason Hayward on a one-year $9 million deal. Hayward had a resurgent year in 2023 where he was having his best. He had his best season in over a decade. I mean, 15 home runs with an 813 OPS. He hadn't had an OPS that high since 2012 with the Braves. That was a few teams ago for him. So, I mean, he's he's going to have options. I mean, I'm sorry. He was going to have options to play for a number of teams this winter because of that season. But, you know, he chose to return to Los Angeles. And him coming back fills one of the voids in their outfield. You know, they came into the offseason needing to address a corner outfield because now Hayward will solidify right field. Mookie has been vocal about his preference of playing more infield moving forward. He's not going to be able to play more second base just as he did in 2023. And that was something that surprised me too. You know, Mookie Betts saying that, you know, he's he's willing to play more infield. That's I mean, at least that I'm, that's what I'm reading here. Maybe this is an old quote from early in the season when he was, he was doing that, playing some second base and shortstop for the Dodgers, but they're going to keep throwing him out there. They're going to keep putting him in the middle of the infield, short, uh, second base for sure. And, uh, that, that helps their lineup. That lengthens their lineup because you can put Mookie at second base and then you can slide corner bat like Hayward into right field. That definitely helps a lot. But he's going to be back for the, for the LA Dodgers, Jason Hayward. And then let's discuss the extension chatter we're hearing for one of baseball's top prospects, Jackson Trurio. Not Jackson Holiday. Jackson Holiday is the number one prospect in all of baseball. Jackson Trurio is the second prospect in all of baseball in most publications. He is a prospect for the Milwaukee Brewers. So the Brewers are discussing an extension with this guy. He's only 19 years old. It's not clear if the deal is close to being done or if talks are still early, but it, it is happening. Trujillo's still quite young, and he, he doesn't turn 20 for a while, until March. And he's vaulted himself to the very top of all these prospect lists because of his all-around contributions. I mean, in 122 games in 2023 at AA, he had 22 home runs and stole 43 bases. So it's this power-speed combination you get. I, I did get to see Jackson Trujillo play this past summer. I did watch him play, and you, one thing I noticed from him that stood out was the bat speed, obviously. You know, I mean, that, that goes without saying, but that's how he generates that kind of power. Not a huge gap, but he's able to really generate some serious bat speed and drive the ball out of the ballpark. And that's what the Brewers like about this guy. Only five different players have received extensions prior to their MLB debuts. Most of them, have, three of them have been, you know, relative busts, I would say, for their contract. Two of them have not been. So the two who have been really good have been Eloy Jimenez and Luis Robert Jr., so Eloy Jimenez, six years, 43 million with the White Sox. Luis Robert Jr., six years, 50 million with the White Sox. Great deals which have paid dividends already. The other three, John Singleton, Scott Kingry, Evan White. To be fair, those three guys received deals, but those were much smaller than what the White Sox gave Jimenez and Luis Robert. So with Jackson Trujillo, well, we'll see. I mean, if he signs this deal now, he's obviously going to be their opening day center fielder. They're not going to give him that deal to send him down to AAA. So if the Brewers are able to get something done, that'll that'll help. Because it's the same Brewers team that 
had to part ways or had to chose to part ways with Josh Hader not too long ago as he continued to thrive and earn higher salaries through arbitration and got to a point where they didn't feel like paying that much money for a reliever. Now they might see themselves in a similar path with Corbin Burns and William Adamas. Each of these guys are about to make eight-figure salaries before hitting free agency after 2024. So it can pay off to lock up some of this talent while it's cheap, while you can do so, while he's 19 years old and doesn't have nearly as much leverage as he might in the future if he pans out according to the projections. So that's what the Brewers have on their hands. So we'll see what kind of deal they might be able to swing if possible. Maybe Troyo says no. He believes he's good enough and believes that he, he can turn it down and wait until the time comes. That's rare. It doesn't happen too often. Most guys want to want to secure the bag, especially when you're 19, right? If you Okay, let's say you sign a six-year deal at 19. What's the big deal? He's going to be 25 when it's over. <laughs> 25, not even in his prime yet, or just entering his prime when it's over. So what's really the big deal there? So we'll see what comes of it. And yeah, I mean, he has every reason to sign it because he can still sign another one or two deals after that during his career to set him up even more nicely financially. But if you secure the bag now, that helps you secure yourself and your family generally speaking, and then anything on top of that is gravy. But I'm no financial advisor. I'm sure he has some great financial advisors on his team in his ear already. I'm just a dude out here spitting the news. But that's where we stand around the league. You know, some interesting things. Another domino fell today on the pitching front with Sonny Gray. Some trade rumors, some re-signings. But that's going to do for today. If you enjoyed this, please share with someone who'd be interested, and we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.